Welcome to Journey Through Classical Piano. I'm your host, pianist Yoon Kim. Every other Wednesday, I feature in-depth exploration of one classical piano composition. Regardless of whether or not you are a lifelong lover of classical music, this podcast is meant to show you how important and relevant classical music is to today's world and to bring the live piano concert experience right to your living room. I believe classical music is for everyone, so let's start listening together. Before we get started, please consider to be a sponsor for the show through Patreon. Creating a podcast requires tremendous a lot of time and effort, and your support helps me to spread the beauty of classical music with all my projects. The address is patreon.com slash journey to the classical piano, and I'll put that link in the show note below. And all of my existing Patreons, thank you very much. Also, if you like what you hear, please take a moment to give a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Every positive review and rating is much appreciated as it helps other potential listeners find and enjoy the show. It's quite interesting the way podcast works, as this is almost like a one-way channel. <laughs> I know many of you are listening to this podcast, hopefully enjoying it, but often I feel like I'm talking inside a cave <laughs> without knowing if you're out there or not. So I create an imaginary audience and talk to you. But I really appreciate every time I receive a note from you or voicemail from my website. So I encourage you to leave those notes if it's possible as it fuels me to move forward with the show by hearing your comments. I'll also link that note in the show note below. Also, I just want to add that I hope you're well in this difficult time with COVID-19 and Wherever you're listening from the world, staying safe and healthy. So today I'll be talking about Nocturne, Opus 27, number 2 in D-flat major by Chopin, composed in 1836. This has been always one of my favorite of his nocturnes. So Chopin's 21 nocturnes span Chopin's entire creative life from the time he was still in Warsaw up until three years before his death. In fact, for me, Nocturne was my first introduction to Chopin's music when I was young, and I remember feeling that I immediately fell in love with his music working through his nocturnes. The term nocturnes, or nocturno, had been used in the 18th century for a group of pieces for a small ensemble, often winds, to be played out of doors. John Field is given credit for applying the term to the character piece, establishing a concept in which slow-moving, decorated melodic line is spurned out over an accompaniment, creating generally a mood of calm reverie. John Field wrote about 20 such pieces over a period of 20 years, beginning in 1815. Interestingly, often in a history, not the first person who invented the term or genre is the one is most famous or remembered. In terms of nocturne, this might be true as well, as we remember Chopin much more than founder of nocturne, John Field. 
However, his nocturnes are charming and I particularly like his D-flat major nocturne. of course expanded the concept almost from the beginning. One of the earliest nocturnes, which is very well known, Ops 9 in E flat major, has such an elaborated melodic line, adding dramatic elements in the middle section of this ABA structure. All of these concepts continue to appear throughout the nocturnes. Our nocturne today, Opus 27, has two sets of nocturne, number one and two, composed in 1836. One said about these two pieces, saying that's a more described as ballads in miniature. I hope I can get to talk about his ballad at some point, which I'm sure many of you's favorite of Chopin. Blair Johnson states that these two nocturnes are two of the most powerful and famous nocturnes of Chopin. And these nocturnes are virtually unrecognizable to the nocturne tradition of John Field. Nocturne often has that peaceful and tranquil mode resembling the mood of the night. I can imagine a peaceful night under a moon by water with these nocturnes. We talked about Chopin in the episode of his waltz. He was considered as a poet of the piano, as him as a composer who almost exclusively to writing for the piano, sharing this entire musical thinking for piano. That focus made it possible for Chopin also to the piano several innovative concepts, because he was not caught up in the idea of making piano imitate the orchestra, he focused on the orchestral timbre of the piano itself more effectively. His music often has a consistent vertical harmonic patterns across the span of the keyboard in a way that paralleled overtone series. The sound like in the last movement of Chopin Sonata uh, is an example. This kind of open harmonic writing gives us a transparency and very distinctively Chopin-esque. <laughs> this kind of arrangement is one in which the interval of the tenth becomes basic in harmonic figuration, which creates a pianist to extension of the hand to cover a range of more than an octave. Although Chopin's music fits in the hand's 
fairly well, I would say, in a sense that that's not awkward to play, but definitely pushes pianist's limit of technical ability to play his music with a sensitivity and velocity with these open figures of the pattern. Often, early influences on the young Chopin are those of the Italian operatic composers of the day, particularly Bellini. The long melodic line associated with Belcanto is clearly in evidence in his ornamental decoration. The style is associated with beautiful melodies, silvery voices, and floods of rapid notes curling their way up and down the scales, sometimes only loosely around the framework of what the composer actually wrote. Because the opera singing is not amplified, one of the basic techniques of bel canto is developing sufficient breath support to enable singer's voice to be heard in a 3,000-seat theater without a microphone. With a good breath support, a singer can spin out a long, long line of music. Legato is a term for the flowing, unbroken string of connected notes, and bel canto composers wrote long melodies for them to sing. So this is an example of the bel canto singing. Opus 27, number two, today's Nocturne, has that one of Chopin's most graceful decorations, just like a bel canto. So first is Nocturne, main theme goes like this. Then he develops cadenza like a development later in this theme. Chopin also had a great respect on composers of the past, especially Mozart and Bach. As a result, Chopin's attention to structure is particularly evident. One of my students actually right now working on black key etude. It's so much easier for me to teach her and help her to sectionalize a piece because we can almost always to make Chopin's phrasing to be about four major structure. Both as a composer, as a performer, Chopin combines elements of classicism with a personal sense of freedom that we associate with the Romantic movement. So in this piece, you'll be hearing the main theme three times in a different decorations. At the last time, it goes to a direction you probably don't expect. 
So his contemporary critics complained about his harmonic uses of chromaticism, which is a half-step uh, walking, the frequent uses of dissonance, which is wrong notes, and harmonic progression of unusual direction. But for now, those innovations made his music even more unique and Chopin-esque. The coda of this piece has very beautiful and sensitive sigh. I love this ending. Another point that I want to point out in this piece is the duality of voices. There are textures of two voices in the melody. It's definitely, for me, is a duet. Maybe two lovers singing a song of the sweet summer under the moon by a water. One thing I did my last YouTube live, which I'm still doing every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, please join me if you can, by the way, um, was actually asking uh, listeners to think of a new title for the piece. I think this would be actually a great one to try. Since Chopin didn't give us any specific title other than Nocturne, I would be really curious if you could come up with any title with this piece. And please share it with me. Uh, what kind of emotion does it evoke to you? What kind of image can you think? What does this piece remind you of? Please go to jiunkim.com where you can leave written or voice note. <laughs> I will leave that link in the show note below as well. So now let's listen Chopin Nocturne Opus 27 number 2 in D flat major performed by Jiun Kim.
Next episode, I will explore Impromptu G-flat major by Franz Schubert. I feel like all of this my podcast, I'm covering my all-time favorites <laughs> that is so close to my heart. Maybe I'm saying that every episode that this is my favorite. <laughs> But this is the Schubert piece is definitely one of my favorite pieces to perform for sure. In fact, given a choice, if I have to choose one piece as my last performance as a pianist, I would choose this. So I hope to meet you then to talk about this gorgeous piece. Thank you for listening. <laughs>